it was pronounced what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Man, thank you, Ben Kraft, for uh, giving us this song that you made for free for our podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, sorry for missing the last episode of Is Anybody Listening? Uh, we're going to do Dean Fertitta this week. Dean Fertitta! Yeah, which is a good connection because we've already done uh, The White Stripes. Well, no, we've done uh, Raconteur, sorry. And... Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, and we talked about Desert Sessions, and Mr. Fertitta is kind of loosely tied to all of these projects. Not loosely, he is. Directly. Oh. The opposite. Okay. So, uh, Cleo was going to head this podcast, because she is the uh, Jack White slash Rockenters slash that uh, area of musicians. She's the expert on that shit, so. Expert is a little, I mean... Well, compared to me. Ow, I just hit my tooth. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> that sucks, yeah. Hitting your teeth with a glass. Not fun for anyone. It's like I never drank before. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, let's get into it. So, right. Cleo, why don't you tell me about Mr. Dean Fertitta? Ooh, right. I'm a little nervous. Okay, so, sorry. first off, I got my information from undertheradar.co.nz. Not Wikipedia? What are you doing? If you let me finish. <laughs> and also Wikipedia, mm-hmm. a website called Pop Matters. Actually, uh, Pop Matters has a really great interview with Dean Fertitta. It's definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, yeah. Tumblr, Guitar World, uh, a lady named Courtney Robinson for the website called Tone Deaf. Yeah. Um various youtube interviews and another website called anti-quiet right which is a dumb name yes so i actually couldn't find a lot about uh for Tita's early life um i actually don't even know who he's married to like i know he wears a wedding ring but yeah. i can't find out who his wife is there's really not a lot about his actual personal yeah life. he's like in all these major uh modern rock bands but like he's like a not quite a celebrity yeah, he's you know? like done it really well where he makes lots of money. Didn't you tell me earlier that he still to this day jams with his high school friends for fun? Yeah. Yeah. That is something that I will talk about. Yeah, that's sure. dope. Yeah. So really, like on his wiki page, it just says that he was born on September the 6th, 1970 mm-hmm. in Royal Oak, Michigan. Um, what? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Uh so he does talk a little bit about his high school life um, in this French interview from 2009, but it's mostly in connection with Brendan Benson. Right. So he and Brendan Benson actually went to the same high school at the same time. What? Yeah, and they've been friends for for a long time. Oh, man, and they both became part of the modern rock scene. Yeah. Crazy, like yeah, mainstream a, modern rock scene. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool connection for sure. Um, and he also credits Benson for, in many interviews... Um, for getting uh, him to put more focus on lyrics, but really also taking time to develop songs in a meaningful way. Yeah. So he does. He in I think I watched 
seven interviews with him, and he mentions it, I think, five out of seven interviews. Right. So, obviously, Benson has had a huge impact on his life yeah. and on his musical career, which I think is really sweet. <coughs> Excuse me. All good. So, in his interview with Courtney Benson for Tone Deaf, uh, he touched a little bit about being back home. And he says, I still hang out with all of those guys that I've played music with in my 20s. People that I picked up a guitar with for the first time when I was 13, nothing changes. I don't think people change that much. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also talks about how he had been living out of a van for yeah. a long time and sleeping on many different couches for most of his life. Right. So around the time where he, <laughs> around the time where he started thinking like, is this what I want out of my life? To just be living in and out of vans, sleeping on people's couches. That's sort of when things really started to take off for him. So something that is mentioned in a lot of the interviews is his age and how he's had success later in his life. Yeah. Because he's, I think, 52 now. Right. So, um, but uh, before I get too much into that, so most people know... Fertita from Queens of the Stone Age, but he actually got started with a band called Wax Wings. So he was like the lead singer and lead guitarist. He said that he was more of like a leader role in that band. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear about that before. So yeah, so Wax Wings put out three studio albums. Um, the last one they recorded was actually with Benson. Right. Um, and interesting. Wax Wings toured with the White Stripes and the band the Von Bondies in 2001. And the Von Bondies is that band um, that has the lead singer Jason Steamer, right. Steimer, um, who Jack White punched in the face at a bar. Oh, no way. Yeah. So and, Dean's friends with that guy? Well, I don't know if they, they're friends. Oh. Um, because the Von Bondies kind of dropped off the map around that time, too. Oh, okay. Like, in 2001 2002 yeah um but i mean the lead singer had a falling out with jack white and jack white was pretty integral to them becoming yeah very popular oh but yeah yeah right. it's funny if you google jack white's um like mug shot or whatever he actually looks very good in it yeah <clears throat> um <clears throat> so after wax wings broke up in 2004 he fertita was doing a lot of collaboration with uh, Benson for Benson's solo albums. Yeah. Uh, his connection to Brendan Benson um, and Dean Fertitta's real talent that he has uh, behind a keyboard is what him, what got him touring with the Rockin' Tours in 2005. Mm-hmm. And that happened when Dean was 35 years old. So he's just sort of getting into, like this really highly popular band just at 35. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm 33. I couldn't imagine sort of my career just taking off at that point. Yeah, 35 sounds so old, but it's really not. It's not that old, but I mean, how exciting. Like, when you kind of, you were already in this band. (laughs) Your hair. (laughs) Sticky straight up. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, you've lived, like, it sounds like he he had lived, lived quite a bit through you know, touring with Wax Wings and he was exposed to a lot. But, like, to be 35 and then suddenly start things start really, like, working out for you and yeah. you're in the industry and actually making decent money at the same time. Um, so I think that was cool. 
But he was referred to as the utility man on <laughs> for the raconteurs. Uh, he would play, like, trombone. Sometimes he played the tambourine. But he also played the keyboard and the guitar and as the guitar, well. Yeah. Um, so whatever they needed show to show, he would be like, I'm your guy. Yeah. I'll do this. Um, so Fertitta often talks about him being older as an asset, saying he likely wouldn't have made it for very long had he had the success he has now when he was in his 20s. He said his, his experience has given him a certain respect for the industry and the ability to learn and really take in everything yeah. from everybody around. I understand that. Yeah? Because if I made like millions of dollars in my earliest tw- early 20s, it would already be gone. Yeah. Because of my attitude back then. Yeah. Just exactly. fuck everything. Fuck it. Plus, yeah. it, he kind of makes it seem, I, I'm sure without intention, that he <clears throat> was sort of grinding and working really hard. Yeah. So it must be nice to continually be working hard, but now you're really getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, 35 feels like late, but if you start something when you're 30 and you're successful by 35, that's pretty sweet. So. Did you mean to go to RedTube right now? No. Okay. Reddit. Oh, I just loaded a porn site <laughs> by accident. Just wondering if you're sorry, gonna sorry, Annette. Watch porn while that you just heard this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Good thing the uh, screen capture is not on <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, so something I noticed about Fertitta in his interviews is he really comes off as approachable and very humble he just seems like a very easy person to talk with yeah and it kind of makes me love him a little bit more right um also he looks a lot like uh bill Hader. i'm gonna look him up i don't know if you you noticed that when you were looking at pictures no and i do like bill Hader. yes that show barry man that's so good. yeah barry's so good so he's 35 he's touring with the rack and tours he said he was absolutely loving it but um, he had really no idea what was going to come next for him. Yeah. So, and he said, it's kind of tough living like that. You're just trying to really savor the moments that you can, mm-hmm. but you're sort of waiting for the fallout of, you know, like unemployment. Yeah. Um, As a musician, especially. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what that would be like, but yeah. it sounds kind of frightening in a way. Um, so he becomes friends with this man named Hutch, who is the... Uh, Rock and Tour's sound engineer. Yeah. And Hutch also happens to be the Queens of the Stone Age sound engineer as well. So Queens of the Stone Age had been touring with this woman, Natasha Schneider. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, as their guitarist for many years. Uh, but unfortunately, she died of cancer in on July 2nd, 2008. Yes. So because of his connection with this sound engineer, Hutch... Um, Hutch is sort of talking to him, mentioning that they're in need of a, of a keyboardist. Yeah. Um, and he asked uh, Fertitta, would you be interested in possibly working with Queens of the Stone Age? And he was just like, I didn't even give it a second thought. I was just like, yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. So he joins Queens of the Stone Age in 2007 when Natasha was too sick to be on tour. And then eventually she dies. So he's been with the band ever since. Um, he started touring on the uh, N- on Vigaris mm-hmm. tour. How do you pronounce that? I have no idea. In Vigaris? Era of 
Vulgaris. Air Vulgaris. Oh yes, yeah. That's, yeah, Air Vulgaris. Yeah. I wrote it down uh, wrong. And this write-up. picture for the YouTube people that is Dean Fertitta. Dean Fertitta, looking cute in his jacket. He's also a very good dresser. Um, so he's been with uh, Queens of the Stone Age since 2007, um, but he wasn't really like creatively involved. He was just kind of. Um, learning the songs as they came. Mm-hmm. He actually had to learn 50 songs in three weeks. Oh my god. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Um, but he was creatively involved in Light Clockwork and Villains. Yeah. So okay. he, in, the, in interviews, he talks a lot about sort of the creative process and sort of that he's sort of just following Josh's lead. You know what's really good about Queens? Uh, and the one thing Josh did on the Joe Rogan podcast was... He never writes an album by himself. Right. Like, the number one priority is to collaborate as much as possible. Yeah. And that's why Queens of Stone Age is so good. Because when one person tries to take so much control of the creative process that they're the only person making it, it turns out like garbage. Yeah. But when everyone gets together and makes art, that's when it becomes really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we did that Queens of the Stone Age episode, I think it was our first episode. Yeah. And it was pretty bad. No. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't great. And like we both, in like researching these other bands, have come to sort of understand there's a lot more information yeah. and more interesting facts about Queens of the Stone Age other than we both love Josh Homme. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like Trent Reznor helped produce like like Clockwork, and then uh, Mark Ronson he helped produce. Uh, villains as well. Yes. And like Mark Ronson is like a DJ. Mm-hmm. And He's a pop producer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just like that connection too, I think. Yeah. It's kind of neat. So now moving on to 2009. So while Fertitta was Jack White's house guest, uh, he was asked to be a part of a new project called The Dead Weather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a major creative part of this project. He plays the guitar, and he's the other two members of the band are Allison Mosshart, who I've talked mm-hmm. about, is from the Kills. Yeah. Um, and then Jack Lawrence, who's in the Greenhorns and the Rock and Tours as well. Right. And actually, I found out uh, that Allison Mosshart and Jack Lawrence are roommates. No way. And they have this place in Nashville they call Disgraceland, and it's the house that they share together. Really? Like, yeah, they have like parties there and stuff. No. Nope. Yeah, but as far as I know, they're not dating. They just live together. Yeah. Uh. So they're since their debut in two thousand and nine, the band has released three albums. Yeah. And I don't actually like um. Two of them. Really. I think that yeah. How many albums do they have? Uh, three. Right. So I li- I really like the first one. Um, oh, it probably would have helped had I... That's okay. Mention what those albums are called. So, look at this. We have the okay. dead brother here on screen. So, who's this on the far right? That's what? Jack Lawrence. Who's next to him? Allison Moss Hart. Who's to the left of her? That's Jack White. Oh, really? <laughs> Crazy! <laughs> yes. And who's to the left of Jack? That is... The man himself, Dean Fertitta. Dean Fertitta, of course. Doesn't Jack White's hair look so good like that? Dean Fertitta looks real good for a 35-year-old. 
Well, no, he's he's older than that in that picture. Oh, well, he looks good for a 45 He was 35 in 2005. So he's 35, basically. No, he's almost 40. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like 39 in that picture. Yeah, he's 10 years older than me. Was, and he looks my age. A lot of pictures of him, and he's kind of looked like he's in his late 30s for forever. Forever. Yeah. He's very handsome. He is very handsome. Very, very handsome. Uh, so, The Dead Weather, their debut album is called Whorehound. Yeah. And that is a great album. Um, but I don't particularly like the, I think it's called Sea of Cowards. Right. There's the drop. Um, but other than that, and maybe, I think there's two other songs on the album I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't particularly like that album. And I really don't like their last album called Dodge and Burn. Right. I just don't, Yeah. I don't know why. They just don't sound great to me, I guess. <laughs> so, Fertitta has been asked many times uh, how he manages to be in several bands at once and what it's like creatively. And in an interview, he says this of the experience. With Queens, my role is a lot simpler. In the dead weather, I am the primary guitar player. And I do a lot of that in that. That is one part of who I am as a musician. And then I get to come over here and be in more of a supportive role. In Queens, I get to focus on keyboards and piano, which is, which is what I grew up playing as a kid. It reinvigorates me to get back to that. Getting to act in these different ways makes me feel more complete as a musician. He's so cute. Yeah. Uh, he also talks about um, being in different bands, like having different conversations. Yeah. So... Different conversations lead to different viewpoints. They're just not comparable. Because, you know, he has so much creative control in Dead Weather, but then, like he said, he's just a supporting act in Queens. Yeah. But I also find it hard to believe that he's just a supportive Well, the way, the qu- the way that Queens of the Stone Age works is uh, when they're recording an album, they combine the creative ideas of everyone involved uh, on the recordings. Mm-hmm. So, basically, like, so on Lullabies of Paralyzed, uh, Josh got the ZZ Top lead guitar player guy to come in and do a bunch of like weird atmospheric background shit. So when you're listening to Lullabies of Paralyzed and there's all that super weird background lead guitar, that's not Josh. That's the guy from ZZ Top making ideas for the album. He's not even in the band. That's so cool. That's how collaborative Josh is. And that's why Queens of Sony sounds so good. The constant cycle of people, collaboration, keeping the same vibe. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. They're such a good band. Yes. Obviously. We yes. talk about them constantly. They're like a theme of our podcast. <laughs> I feel like like if we could make Josh Homme the mascot out of this, <laughs> he would be. I asked someone to crop out uh, Billie Eilish, Tommy, uh, Jack White, uh, Joe Duplantier from Gojira, and someone else's face for me because I suck at digital editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got sent a few pictures. Oh, nice. But I haven't, because uh, I want to make the Facebook banner the same thing, but with all those people's faces in awkward positions, like like Josh Homme being like... There's so many good pictures of Josh Homme. <laughs> like, being weird, yeah. Being weird, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there's this one cool story that Homme talks about, um, that because uh, Fertitta was involved with Jack Jack White, mm-hmm. like so he was touring for the Rockin' Tours, 
and then he's in this dead weather. Yeah. Um, but he's also part of Queens. Josh Homme says that he called this like to get Fertitta to continue to tour with him instead of Rackin Tours. He had what he likes to call a custody battle <laughs> with White. And so they basically just talked it out and he was able to convince Fertitta to sort of like drop what he was doing for Jack White and yeah. and keep touring with him. And Which keep... is pretty crazy. And can you imagine being like so popular that Jack White and Josh Homme are like fighting over you? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. He's almost more valuable than either by being that. That's so cool. Yeah. I just, yeah, I really like that. Um, so even with Fertitta being in so many projects, he still manages to release a solo album. The project is called Hello Equals Fire. So it's a little equal sign. Yeah. Uh, in 2009. He said it was an album of opportunity. It was recorded in many different studios while he was on tour with Queens. But there's, he said there's two songs that he... Um, did with Brendan Benson in 2005 and 2006. Yeah. So, I mean, this he, he sort of says that this solo project's a long time coming. Yeah. So, uh, he'd been kind of slowly chipping away at it for years. But because he was so involved uh, with Queens, and so then when they would stop and have a few days off, he yeah. would just go into whatever studio he had available to him with whoever was with him, basically and just sort of record he enjoyed that sort of chaotic process so much he's that's like the formula he's going to use for any other albums that he creates yeah um so i listened to the whole album uh hello equals fire yesterday and i actually don't particularly like it right i i think it's like good background music you know if you're like at a party yeah it's very it's much more pop-like than I had ever imagined he would create. Yeah. Um, but also, I I just realized I've never listened to Waxwings. Me either. So maybe, so maybe <laughs> it's more sort of like Waxwings because, I mean, Villains is certainly a little bit more on the poppy side and if he was involved in creating that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting that his solo stuff has such like, like a pop sound to it. Um, and then, of course, he's been in the Eagles of Death of Death Metal. Uh, he was involved in making Iggy Pop's album Post Pop Depression. I mean, he's kind of everywhere. Um, so what Fertitta says about music being an escape. I feel free when I'm playing or creating. So I guess you could say it's always an escape. Um, he, in a few interviews, he was asked sort of like you know, you never seem to stop. And so, you know, what keeps you going? And it's just basically his love of music. Yeah. He just loves making music so much. He can't even imagine his life being involved in any other sort of career. So, and I definitely think that, I mean, it's certainly, he makes it that come across in the interviews. Like he just sounds so sincere about, you know, the stuff that he's involved with. He also sounds like a fan of the music. Well, that's what it has to be, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. he just he was a fan of Queens of the Stone Age to begin with. But when he's interviewed for, like, Clockwork, um, there was he was on tour with uh, Queens of the Stone Age, and he was interviewed uh, by this Australian guy. And he just sounded so excited that they had 
released. They were, I think the album was like a month away from being released. But you said it's so excited that he got to be involved in, in the process. Yeah. And, you know, sort of like... That's how I would be too. Yeah, just sort of like, sort of giving out ideas, <clears throat> but like trying not to be overbearing about it because he just was excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess lastly... I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but there's an episode of Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, and it's from 2016, and it's the Nashville episode. So it focuses a little bit on Margot Price, I think her name is. Mm -hmm. And he's also, Anthony Bourdain also ends up uh, interviewing Dean Fertitta, because he's like... (coughs) I saw that. Right, he's like heavily featured in that episode. <coughs> Sorry. And they. <coughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I blew my nose mm-hmm. the whole way through the other episode. No, but that uh, uh, Borders Unknown episode with Queens of the Stone Age was so good. It really was. Like they're doing this big like cookout in like the desert, and it's like Josh and all these Mexican people. I'm, like, actually, I didn't get to see the whole episode. I just got to see clips of it. So I'm wondering oh. if it's the same one. I would think so. The Queens of the Stone Age one has Josh, so why would it not have, you know? I don't know. I just uh, saw them in a restaurant eating hot chicken together. Oh, yeah. So, totally, yeah. Anyways, yeah. And then there's a the big boil up outside, and they're all, everyone's eating different shit, and Josh is a big part of the episode. Well, he and Anthony Bourdain were friends. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's. Dude, think about this. Okay. We, we always go back to Queens of the Stone Age mm-hmm. on this podcast, but there was like that Eagles of Death metal shooting in France. Yes. And it's like... He doesn't like to talk about that, you know? No. Well, uh, there's an interview with Eagles of Death metal that's been out forever since it happened where him and all the other members are being interviewed and crying. About like how, Jesse Hughes? Yes. Oh, okay. They're all together. Is that and his last name? Yes. Yeah, okay. And they're being interviewed and they're crying about it. Uh, Obviously, I'm surprised they don't have PTSD. No, they do. If you if you play a show, dude, if you are playing a show and people die at your show, that will be in your head for the rest of your life. Every time you go to bed, every night you go to bed, you go, "Those people died at my show." It doesn't matter who you are, yeah. unless you're a complete sociopath. That's going to cross your mind. Yeah. You know? And it takes a lot of bravery to continue with music after something like that. You know. I I couldn't yeah I absolutely couldn't. I cut imagine. people out of my life for being too bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna keep playing music after something like that, dude, good on you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I didn't realize this, but uh, Queens of the Stone Age played for the Grammys, and I think it was two thousand. I'm just trying to go back here and see. Bear with me. Is that not the right interview? I have all these tabs of a million interviews with him. Open. Hmm. I don't know where it is now. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so what he says about, like, the Grammy performance, um... Which apparently got cut off. So. Let's see. So this is part of this interview. It says, 
Um, while the guitars will always be drawn from his humble roots, Ratita and his band have been lucky enough to grace the stages around the world. Most recently, their performance at the world's most prestigious music ceremony, talking about the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And it says, it's ironic that during sound check for their performance at the Grammys, the rise of the curtain knocked all the microphones off of their amplifiers, cutting out the sound as a result. And then Dean Fertitta says, good thing we did a run through. That would have been embarrassing. Fertitta laughs. And a, and a little oddly, uh, considering the group's rendition of their s- single, God is the Sun, featuring Foo Fighters Dave Grohl, uh, Nine Inch Nails frontman Trent Reznor, and Fleetwood Mac's Lindsey Buckingham, it, the whole show, like their whole performance was mm-hmm. prematurely cut off by the by the producers doing the broadcast. <laughs> so they're in the middle of like doing whatever they're doing and then suddenly the broadcaster just like was like, well, that's the end of that. And Trent Reznor was pissed, apparently. Of course. So he, he tweets, um, music's biggest night, dot, 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 to be disrespected. A heartfelt fuck you, guys. Wow. Yeah. But that would have been amazing. So, Fertitta is uncomfortable with the task of damage control. Understandably, he is cautious and selects his words carefully, pausing significantly before discussing the event. The Grammys was different than I thought it was going to be. We've kind of run the full circle of emotions over what it was and what it is. And in the end, we're all really proud of what we did. Getting a chance to play at the Grammys for a band that feels like we're crashing a party a little bit, but it was cool. It is what it is. We've come to a place where we can look at it, and it was a really good experience, and we're glad we did it. I kind of wish I had Googled that performance. Because mm-hmm. um, I do like how he says it seems like we're a band that's crashing the party, because that's exactly like the image I kind of get, thinking of Queens of the Stone Age playing the Grammys. Yeah. Like, they're a Grammy-nominated band, and I fairly certain they've won a Grammy as well. Um, but because they've got their, like, you know, garagey sort of stoner rock vibe going on, yeah, it sort of seems like a weird match for them to play the Grammys in the first place. And then the fact that they did play the Grammys, but the Grammys just cut them off anyways is kind of, I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I actually saw that performance, or a performance, yeah, where they, like, kept kind of screwing up or whatever. Oh, I don't think that was the Grammys. Oh, that was a different one. Because they had, um... But he, no, but he made it work. He actually, that's the most impressive thing when you're a live performer and you make mistakes and then you just push on, like, instead of giving up, you know? Yeah. That's like, yes, good job. In front of millions of people on TV and, you know? Yeah. All the famous people around you at that event. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to end with that. That's really all I have um, about Dean Fertitta. I kind of felt a little overwhelmed <laughs> with this. Like, I was I was very excited to sort of dig into Dean Fertitta, but he's so involved in so many things. I mean, his, like, involvement in songs on Wikipedia is incredibly long. Yeah. Um, so I hope I did okay. I hope people know more about him now than they did before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, because the way YouTube works, we cannot go through interviews or songs together without a copyright claim. 
So. Oh yeah, that's right. So that's it. But we can post really cute pictures of Dean Fertitta because yeah. there's so many. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, there's another podcast we do on this same channel called On the Couch. It has no outline or subject. It's just us hanging out, having a good time, and in my opinion, it's way more fun than even this podcast. So, I you know what's funny about that one? I feel less nervous. On the other one? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Cause like, I feel very nervous doing this one. Well, because it's structured and yeah, we're trying to like actually make a show. Where the other one is like, let's just get kind of drunk and have a good time. And the hilarious thing is, it gets like ninety percent less uh, views and interactions. But I'm not even complaining. Because I understand that. Because we're doing that thing for us. That's why it's probably getting less. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like listening to two drunk people ramble on is annoying. Yeah. And I, I totally <laughs> actually understand that. But uh, I apologize to anyone who thought I was too drunk tonight because I am. I can hear myself talk and I know it's not very good. Yeah. I really appreciated you uh, typing messages while I was doing my thing. It was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also think part this is because it's like these are real people and yeah. I just want people to be excited about the bands that we talk about and Dean Fertitta as much as I am and I feel like because he's a real person I just don't want to let him down yeah <laughs> even though he will never hear this in his life no all right so uh if you want to donate to our podcast so we can have better audio quality and a mic each uh the link is in the description and if not, just like this video and thank you. All right, bye.